Welcome to Love, Life, and Law of Attraction with Lisa Hayes. This is the place where you'll learn how to find the love of your life and build a life you love. Hello, everybody. This is Lisa Hayes, and we are doing our Score Your Soulmate VIP interview series. This is turning out to be lots of fun, and we've had lots and lots of technical issues. But today, I'm kind of kind of pick up where we left off yesterday with an episode where we had all manner of technical challenges with some very simple tips you can do to score the love of your life. And we may have a guest joining us, so if she shows up here in the next few minutes, we will get her in. So we're going to talk about three simple things. And there are things that you can put into play right away if you have been struggling to figure out why this process of finding love has been so difficult. So I'm going to pause for a quick commercial break, and then we will get right back and get right into it. What if nothing had to change for you to love the body you have right now? Everyone says you need to love yourself, but if you don't know how, self-love feels like a sugary sentiment that doesn't really mean anything. Body Love Boot Camp will teach you the mechanics of self-love. You will learn to treat yourself and your body like you are worthy of love, not later, but now. Loving your body now doesn't mean you've given up on change. It means you're treating your body with the kind of respect that change is made from. So, if you're ready to get off that diet roller coaster thrill ride once and for all, check out Body Love Boot Camp today. www.bodylovebootcamp.com The body of your dreams just might be the one you have today www.bodylovebootcamp.com Natalie, you are here. How are you, my friend? Hi, Lisa. Good. How are you? I am good. We have had so many technical problems with this interview series. Like, I was totally prepared to do a one-hour monologue today, and you are here, and I'm going to pour myself a glass of Dr. Pepper and just sit back and relax. I'm so excited to hear your voice. Oh, yeah, because I, when I looked at the email, I didn't see calling in earlier or anything like that. So I was like, okay, I'll just call right at 12. <laughs> you're, you're perfect. So give us a little background about you and what you do, what brings you to this kind of work, and tell it's straight off the top, tell people how they can find you online. We'll repeat that at the end of the show, but let's let's hear about you before we roll in here. Okay. Um, so I... Started doing relationship work uh, when I was in high school. <laughs> um, at during the breaks between classes, my best friends and other friends would come up and talk about their love lives and had me coaching them around it. Um, so I was affectionately called Dr. Ruth at the time. Um, <laughs> so I feel like it's been a long time coming for me to end up in this role. Um, and so when I started coaching too, about uh, five six years ago, um, it was still very general, but I, again, I found myself just attracting people that were always coming to me around sex or love or relationship, and um, just really, I finally owned that that is what I love and what I'm obsessed with. I mean, I've been reading relationship books since I was like 18, um, and I just, I love love. I'm a total Pisces. <laughs> like, I, I'm just all about, all about the love, like, totally old-fashioned romantic in a lot of ways. And so um, 
Yeah, I've been working in this realm for a few years now, um, and so I do a lot of my writing and blogging on NatalieTheQuotes.com, um, and that's where you can find me and all my videos and articles, and and also I guest post a lot on other forums, so I keep a running list there too of all of that. Nice. So <clears throat> I promised when I was going to do my monologue that I would give people three tips today. And I think this is okay. between you and I, we're probably going to roll out a lot more than three since I'm not doing, since, since the tech gods are smiling on me today. But for somebody who is looking for love, they're in that single place. Maybe they're out mm-hmm. there and they've been trying for a while, but it's frustrating. They're kind of in that all the good ones are gone or yeah. whatever. I'm too busy. I don't like online dating and you can't meet any, but whatever it is, those things that we hear. Yeah. What would the first thing you would recommend be for somebody who's in that position who really wants to find a partner but is finding it difficult to actually connect with somebody? Yeah. So my first thought, literally the first word that came to my head is detox um, Mm -hmm. because we get so jaded around that, you know, because we do kind of come into this place of, like, this isn't working, I hate this, I'm frustrated, it's not fun anymore. And so you just are accumulating all of this energy around um, how, like, shitty and difficult it feels. And so that's actually what you're bringing into the space, too, um, which is it's hard and there are no good guys out there or good girls out there or, you know, I just, I hate this and what what's wrong with me? And so like having to detox from all of those feelings and thoughts and emotions, like I would literally take a dating detox. Um, Don't date for a while. Like date yourself is what I recommend to people during those times. Like just date yourself. Give yourself the same love and care and attention Mm -hmm. and um, like fun that you would give to someone else or you want someone else to give to you. Like you need to fill up your cup basically so that you're not Mm -hmm. running out there and fumes because when you're running on empty and you're running on fumes you come to dating I think from a really vulnerable perspective you're you're looking for somebody to give you something that you don't have that really nobody else can probably give you anyway but you're Mm -hmm. you're really Mm -hmm. really vulnerable at that point and you're super likely to settle for whatever happens to come through the door at that juncture I think oh my gosh that is such a good point it's true because you you are you're coming from a lack place like something's missing right so I just want someone to just fill it please because it's so painful um that it's empty and it's missing and so we do we totally settle we come from a place of um instead of me being the chooser um I'm looking at like will someone just choose me like being Mm -hmm. chosen and it's way less of a powerful place to come from when it's like, I just, as long as someone, like, wants me. Yeah, and, and I've been there. Like, I'm totally guilty. So everything that I say, I'm just going to put a disclaimer out there. Like, I've done this shit. Like, all of it. <laughs> yeah, like, true, I, I've people. been in this place, you know. <laughs> guilty you as charged. <laughs> and I think that's why it's so easy for me to recognize it as a coach. I mean, I imagine that you hear a lot what you just said 
like the qualifying yeah. factor is how much does he like me or how much does she like me? Was he into me? Was he into me? And it's like, whoa. Right. Let's pull it yeah. back a little bit. Like, did you even notice whether or not you were into him? Like, right. Was, was, were you digging it or not? Because that that nuance, it's not a nuance. Like, there's a cavernous divide, divide between being, being chosen or being the chooser. And yes. just waiting in the corner of the gym to be picked is yeah. It's it's not just disempowering; like it's really dangerous in the long run. I think that there the perils of just waiting to be mm. chosen stakes are pretty high. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and you're right; that is something I hear all the time. And and it's amazing how many times I do have to kind of like pull someone back and say, I need you to like look at this from an outside perspective, like, is this someone you want to marry? Is this someone that that you can see spending your life with? Is this someone that meets your kind of, like, standards? Even though stand, that word sometimes I get kind of weird about. But, um, like, you get to be just as selective, you know, in, in the because it is a lifelong journey most of us are, mm-hmm. are wanting to go on with somebody. And... And so, yeah, like, you get to have what you want and have your needs met just as much as figuring out how you can fit into someone else's life. Like, how are they fitting into your life, too? Both. Yeah, I totally agree. So if somebody was in that position where they realize they're doing some of that, they've got self-work to do, they might want to back off or pull back from the dating scene a little bit, I mean, you talked mm-hmm. about dating yourself, but what does dating detox, what might that really involve? Well, I think for me, too, the, the detox part is, um, like, how, because detoxing is usually we're so, like, addicted to things, right? So we're either addicted to um, that thought of someone's going to complete me or, where we might be addicted to the belief, like what you said earlier, of like there's no good guys out there, there's no good girls out there, whatever that is. It's um, kind of having to really pull back and purify and simplify and really look at like what are the beliefs running the show? What are the expectations that I have? You know, how am I showing up? Like really being able to examine yourself and then realize like first and foremost, you're the one that has to fill you up um, too. And so doing both the work of like, what are the kind of things behind the scenes running the show that I don't realize are impacting my actions and who I'm attracting because they totally do impact who you attract. Um, and then also that, that place of like that inside job place of like if I can't fill myself, like if I can't do that, how can I communicate it to someone else as to how to fill me? And also, um, I'm going to be really reliant on this other person. And so if mm-hmm. they don't hold up their quote-unquote end of the bargain, like, it's going to feel really shitty and it's going to, like, and I'm going to be so susceptible to, to and, and even in a relationship, right? Like, I had my biggest self-love lesson in relationship because I was over here like, okay, cool, got the guy now. Like, he's going to just love me and everything's going to be great. And then realizing, like, oh, my God. Like, I got to really still be diligent about this part of, like, I am the person 
that is responsible for my happiness and and how much love I feel. And everything else is a bonus. <laughs> and when we do that to someone else, that's not fun. Like, I don't want to yeah. be responsible for someone else's happiness. I've got my own stuff. I mean, I, I, if we can meet together and be happy and we can share that happiness, that is the bonus. But I don't – it's it's a really heavy burden to be saddled with somebody else's well-being. It, it's virtually mm-hmm. impossible to fulfill. Yeah, right. And so something that happens in the detox phase, too, is I just kind of, like, flip the script. Like Like you said, how would you feel if you were in a situation with someone – that totally put all of their happiness on you, that totally looked at you like, are you the person? Are you my person? Are you my person? And just really, like, starting to see what it's like because we get so kind of, like, in our space, right, that we forget, like, the person on the other end. And and would you want that? Like, would, would you be cool with that? Would you want to be with someone that really has expectations or is needy or is desperate or um, is unhappy with their own life, really, truthfully, like if you had to be radically honest, um, and is looking for someone else to to give them that, like I'm pretty sure the answer is going to be no to all of those things. Um, and it's like a so it's a wake-up call for us. Like, again, myself too. Like I've, I've, I went on the, the, had the situation where I met someone that was like really cool and we connected and we were talking and it was great. And then he was just, like, obsessively texting me and, you know, would get mad when I wouldn't return his calls and all that stuff. And I was like, holy shit, the shoe is on the other foot. Like, because I'm usually the one that's doing that. And it was so sobering, Lisa. It's so sobering Mm -hmm. to be like, oh, my gosh, this is what it must feel like for the other person. Like, when I'm doing that, like, "Mm, I don't like that. (laughs) It's it's not an attractive (laughs) space to come from. It, it, I mean, on any level, it's not vibrationally attractive. It's not attractive yeah. on the physical plane. And, and what you're going to attract from that place, if it's going to stick around, isn't going to be very right. healthy. I mean, a healthy person is going to bounce out of that pretty quick because it doesn't feel good. An unhealthy person might roll around on that field with you for a while. Right. Yes. Exactly, exactly. I did a dating detox, too. I mean, I wrote a blog post a while back, a couple of weeks ago, actually. I mean, I have been quoted because I've said it a hundred times, like, how did you meet your husband? How did you find this great man and build this great relationship? And I am known to say it's because I didn't give up. Like, I I Mm. didn't, I just Mm. kept going. But that's only half the truth. I mean, the other half of the truth is at some point I did stop dating. And I did mm-hmm. go through this detox process, and I did take the hard, long look in the mirror and analyze what needed to be fixed and do the fixing. Like, and that happened not too miraculously. I mean, that happened right before I met my husband. Like, I had to yep. go through that detox process before I could get clean enough to get out there and attract something that was worthy of my time. Mm-hmm. Very similar story with the person that I was in relationship with last and um it was I met him during a detox of mine too because I was like okay I've gotten out of a relationship and I was like shit I did it again where you know met someone and it was great and then I was like all right moved to Texas for him and and just like I was like all right you're my dude you know and and realized like oh wow okay 
like I repeated that pattern again and I was just so clear I'm not going to do it again and so I totally pulled back and did that work and the healing and the loving myself and the really like looking at what do I want in a partnership that's really healthy and reciprocal and and sure enough like eight months later I'm just out and and I was very clear that I wanted it to happen of just me being out in the world like I'm like I don't want to seek like I really want it to be I'm living my life and I'm loving my life and my person is just going to like be there and and mm-hmm. see that and we're just going to look like no um and and sure enough at a conference like met this person and was like wow he's so different and we just started talking and then hung out and then it was just like this beautiful kind of connection but I was in the space of like I'm not seeking. I'm I'm really focused on me and loving myself and and also being open, right? Like I'm so open to okay. it coming in and sh- and presenting itself too. So that's what I would give as tip number two, actually, which is really mm. a lot about what my book is about. Which is, in case you haven't known, you don't know yet. The book is Score Your Soulmate. But I mean, the biggest part right. of the book is go out and live your life. Like rather than being in this very strategic partner hunting, oh my God, like tunnel vision thing, like figure out what lights you up, figure out what makes you feel passionate, figure out what you're excited about. The things that like all of those things that make you the brightest, shiniest version of you go and do that. And Mm -hmm. chances are pretty high you're going to bump into somebody that really resonates with you for a couple of reasons. First of all, you're bright and shiny and you're charged up and you're living your passionate life. But secondly, you're running into people in the course of doing those things that you have very valuable things in common with. Like I met my, I met my husband on match.com. So I'm a fan. I'm just going to say like match.com works for me. We're the poster children of that, but (laughs) it can't be insular. Because even I, even though I had Match.com, if I hadn't been living a bright, shiny version of my life, I don't think I would have been attractive to him anyway. So get out and live your life like you did, and you're going to bump into people that you automatically have built in things in common to start forming relationship around Right, because like attracts like. It really does. Like if we are in a place of life's great, life's amazing, I'm really full, I'm really fulfilled, et cetera, like I'm going to attract that person who also is kind of vibrating in that same place, right? Like because when I met my person, like he also was like, um, you know, like really living into his passion and his purpose and traveling and which was really important to me. And like we really were, like really did meet each other in a lot of ways in that same space um, because I was vibrating in that way. And I know you do a lot of law of attraction work, but it's true. Energy, you can't beat science. Like like attracts like, you're like magnets. Like we're going to just kind of, you know, attract to each other in that space. But if you are in that place of, like, um, not emotionally aware and and feeling sad and feeling hurt and kind of in a lot of ways unavailable, you are going to attract those people too, like, to some degree or another. Right. And that 
that process of of figuring out how to do that, get out in the world and live your best life. I mean, and that sounds so cheesy, go live your best life. Like it sounds like I a know. episode. But <laughs> I mean, that, that process really does serve another purpose, which is it allows you to explore you. I mean, when you go out and do you, you become ever so much more familiar with who you actually are, which isn't a given, by the way. I don't necessarily think we're all born with that innate awareness of who we really are. And as you as you engage in that process of really being in your life in a very intentional and expansive way, you learn more about you. And that gives you a lot more really valuable information about who you might be looking for that you might not have otherwise considered. Oh, totally. Well, and I love what you said about information. To me, it's always just information gathering, information about who I am, information about what I want, information about what I want in a person, information about what works, what doesn't work, what's a deal breaker, what's not a deal breaker. Like, how do I want to live my life? Where do I want to live my life? Like, do I want family? Like, all of those things. It really is information. And, and go explore, go experiment. Like, be a little kid again, you know, in, in that, like, energy of curiosity and adventure and experiment. Like, adventure is a huge value of mine, so I'm just going to always point back to that. But, like, have your life adventures. Like, and, and approach dating as an adventure, approach mm-hmm. dating yourself as an adventure, approach finding your passion and your purpose as an adventure. I mean, approaching dating from a place of adventure and curiosity I think might be the key to success. Like I'm just curious. I'm curious about what's happening yeah. here. I'm curious about what's happening with you. I'm curious about how our happenings are merging together and whether or not that's creating something. And that sense of adventure and lightness and fun and exploration. Like I, if you're not getting that out of your dating process, then go back to tip number one. That might be your first clue that detox might be the next best step for you. Like, if if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. So, (laughs) Well, again, because you want that to be the beginning of your story. Like, because if it's starting out like that, chances are it's probably going to continue like that. Like, it's it's a a little harder to come back from that, you know, and to kind of, like, now let's now now we're dating or now we're in like let's now shift into fun and adventure when we started off where I was hating this whole thing, right? And and it was not fun, not an adventure. And so it's like and that's what I kind of talk about too. I don't know if you do this with your clients, Lisa, but I, I kind of I get them into this place of how do you want your story to go down? Like what's the story you wanna say? How did this feel? How was it when you met the person, what were you doing? Like, if you're telling the story to your friends or your kids or grandkids, like, what's the story you want to tell? Is it I was miserable and I was at the end of the line and I was unhappy and I was just dredgingly, like, dating and then I met, your like, my partner? Or was it I was having the time of my life and just was having fun and living my life and... And I was dating, and it was so fun, and I just, I met the person, and I knew, you know, like, what's the story you want to tell? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I, I don't know, honestly. I could be corrected. Somebody will send me an email and they'll tell me I'm wrong. But I can't tell <laughs> the story off the top of my head. And I've got lots of these stories in my catalog. I cannot think of a happily ever after story that started that way. That started from that place of oh it was and it, it was rough like there, it was rough out there there were no good men or no good women and I was I was I was powering through and I mean you just don't hear those happily ever after stories that have those beginning roots. I mean one of the things that I did in my dating detox was I finally kind of came to this place of surrender. It was like all right if I'm going to be single yeah. if this is what's going to happen if this is who I am and if it lasts forever. If I never find what I think I'm looking for, I'm going to be the most fabulous, fascinating, interesting single person I can possibly be. Like if yeah. if it's going to be single, let's rock single. Oh, right, and, yeah. <laughs> but like you said, staying open. Like I hadn't discounted the possibility of finding love. I knew that I wanted that, but I quit seeking it. And I instead turned my focus to... I'm going to rock this single thing I'm doing here. And if I have to rock this forever, yeah. then I'm going to make all my married friends jealous. Mm, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do have this thing around, you know, the grass is greener um, mentality that we have of, you know, people in relationships. If they're not fully enjoying their relationship, they're kind of like, God, I wish I was single again or, you know, this sucks. And then when we're single, we're in this, like, I wish I wasn't single. I wish I was in a relationship. And what would it be like if we actually, like, wherever we were, we totally rocked it? Like, mm-hmm. when I'm in a relationship, I rock the shit out of it. When I'm single, I rock the shit out of that, too. Like, just really being in that, like you said, place of flow and presence and surrender. Like, I, I really trust that where I'm at is perfect. Like, it's perfect. And there's so many gems and, and and lessons and gifts in this moment. Can I really receive them and enjoy them? Well, like you said, from that place, like that's a really great starting place if something new is right around the corner. That that's mm. like full and rich and open. If if tomorrow is the day you meet that special someone then that's a really awesome place energetically to build from. And if tomorrow is not the day you meet that someone, then rock it out anyway because, yeah. yeah. I'm going to pause for a quick commercial break, and then let's come back. Sure. I want you to think about what your third tip would be. Yeah, I actually literally just started thinking about it. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Give you a second. There is no choice in life that will have more impact on your happiness then who you choose to share it with. Everyone wants to find that one big love. However, most people are looking for that love kind of like they would play the lottery. Finding great love is not a game of chance. For Your Soulmate by Lisa M. Hayes is a by-the-numbers guide to finding the love of your life and creating a life you love. Score Your Soulmate is a step-by-step soulmate finding formula that anyone can follow. What you will get along the way is a swoon-worthy life you'll want to share with that perfect someone. You can find Score Your Soulmate on Amazon or your local bookstore. Get your copy and start your journey to happily ever after today. That was 44 seconds. What'd you come up with, girlfriend? (laughs) 
with so many things. I was like, okay, but what is the thing that I, I think is most important? Um, you know what? Healing is is what I'm going to suggest. Um, that mm-hmm. We have a lot of things that either have happened to us in childhood or past relationships. And um, I know one thing that was really, really powerful for me was to heal from those like traumas and disappointments and um, and just because it did, it colored so much and, and I realized how much I brought it into both the dating and the, the relationship, even in relationship. And, and sure, relationships are designed, you know, to kind of help us heal that stuff. But there's also that work we can do ourselves, like those places that we feel hurt or wounded or um, bruised and giving it a lot of love and attention and care and really working to, like, self-love being, like, healing and nurturing yourself. I totally agree. I think the show that got blown up by Blog Talk yesterday probably would have been largely about this topic, about healing. And I think a lot of times we we trick ourselves into think we've done that work. Oh, I did that. I went to therapy mm. where... I don't, whatever. And I mean, there. how do you know you still have healing to do? I mean, there's a couple of ways I think that are really easy. Like, first and foremost, your life is a feedback loop. And if you're getting yeah. feedback that's buggy, say, oh, this doesn't make sense. Why is this happening? Or why does this keep happening? Or like that feedback loop really provides us a lot of information about yeah. where we may have some healing to do. I think secondly, another clue that we have healing to do is if we're still telling a story we're we're painting ourselves in the narrative as like the the leading character who's still a victim. I mean, if you yeah. still have a story someplace where you were victimized and you're owning that role, that may also be a clue that you've got some healing to do. Do you have any other clues, or do you think that sums it up? Um. Yeah, and and I think it it also for me goes back to just like what are your thoughts and feelings about dating? Like you know if if yeah. you do feel really heavy, if you do feel like if you catch yourself and and so and this is something that I'll do with some clients too is okay think about think about dating, think about meeting your person, and just notice what the voices are that are coming up, and if they are things like there are no good guys out there or. I'm never going to be chosen or whatever those, like those are clues to to places to heal because those are coming from a place of you that's very hurt, very insecure. You've had something that have hap- that's happened that feels proof to that belief. And so just like your feelings and your thoughts are going to be big time clues as to places that are wanting healing and love and attention. I think that's such an interesting thing to play with too, because I think sometimes we don't, we're not fully aware of those thoughts, or even what alternative thoughts would look like. I mean, I will right. say that in my bad, as I would describe my rabid dating years, my thoughts about dating sounded a lot like that. And when my dating got a lot healthier, you want to hear some of the thoughts that I used to have about dating? Of course. <laughs> I, th- I thought a lot of thoughts about man shopping. Like, we're going man shopping. This is exciting. I thought a lot of thoughts about the wonderful meals I was going to have. I thought a lot of thoughts, this is trivial as it sounds, like I love the way men smell. 
Like, mm-hmm. at least I'm going to be sitting at dinner with a man and I'm going to get to smell that. Like, I thought a lot of sort of light, playful, super airy, maybe even a little bit humorous or sarcastic kind of man-shopping thoughts. Like, it's a catalog out there. Like, it, we're not going to, like, open the catalog necessarily and go, boom, put a pen on it and get that one. Like, you're going to look through it a little bit, and that's exciting. And right. That sense of excitement really led to some much, much, much improved outcomes versus those thoughts that you may not be aware of. Is like, oh, this sucks, another first date. Ugh. Another, I'm, I'm going to email this guy on Match.com for three months, and then he's going to be like, the thoughts, you've you got to be aware enough of them to even analyze them and decide which ones you want to keep and which ones you want to kick to the curb, because I don't think we're often aware of how no, a running dialogue can sound. Yes, and that's literally why that's the first thing I do with clients. It's like we need to we need to look at what's actually running the show here because your beliefs are running the show. Like you think that your conscious thoughts might be like, oh, no, I know, I totally know they're out there, and I... And I, and I, yep, it's just a matter of time and whatever. But it's like, nope, if you actually quiet down and start to see what's bubbling underneath, you're going to see one layer of it, which is mm-hmm. like, you know, the, um, actually, I, I actually don't think that there are good ones out there or they're all taken or who's going to choose me. And then there's like the next level, if you really, really quiet down, which is the, I'm I'm never going to be good enough or I don't deserve love or whatever. Like, but there are these thoughts and layers of these thoughts that we just don't realize, like you said. And so just to quiet down and just really, really check in and pay attention to what your beliefs are around love. And, and it makes sense. Like, again, probably our parents or society. I mean, look at the divorce rate. I mean, I said that. I was like, look at the divorce rate. Why would I even get married? You know, like, 50% chance that I'm going to get divorced. Like, are you crazy? Like, nope, not going to sign up for those bets. Like, way too risky, you know. And so just kind of noticing how much we've picked up, how much has happened from our own experiences, and really doing the work to, like, start to turn those around. And the work actually feels good because those are feel-bad thoughts. I mean, we use the word work, and I mean, we can talk about the, you know, just that word has a negative combination, but this is feel-good stuff. I mean, your third tip and my third tip are very similar. I would have, I would have said almost the same thing. I call it unicorn syndrome. Like, are you trying to attract something you don't really believe exists? Or are you trying to attract something that you don't believe can happen for you? And when you get real clear about, do I think this exists? Yes or no? Or do I think I can have that, that might exist for somebody else, but it doesn't exist for me. Like Mm. getting clarity on unicorn syndrome, I think is a really, really important thing because you're not going to attract something you don't believe is possible. You're you're going to bang around on the walls for a long time, proving to yourself that you were right about that belief, because that's all we ever do is we prove our own beliefs over and over and over again until we change the belief. And I think that, again, like this this work with air quotes around it actually right. is a lovely, amazing light. I mean, it may be hard at times, but there's a lot of lightness and relief and ease in this 
because those thoughts don't feel good. And orienting yourself to thoughts that actually have lightness in them is yeah. is a beautiful thing. Yes, agreed. Because what's on the other side of that, and I, I was just chatting with a client this morning around that, like she so was dreading this, like doing the, again, air quotes work around this, like these feelings she's had since she was young that kind of really dictated the way she felt about relationships and all that. And I was like, well, what's available on the other side of that? And it's like, oh, happiness, freedom, lightness, you know. Like I'm hanging on to these feelings and they're actually making me feel way worse than I want to feel, you know. So kind of like going through them so that you can dissipate them and come on the other side. It's like what's available on the other side is is amazing if we allow ourselves that opportunity to do it. Agreed. Agreed. So, I mean, let's talk about that for a second. Like how quick can a shift be? I mean, I think shift can happen in an instant. Like in an instant, in a red-hot moment, you can drop your grout, your shit, and you can – you know, turn around and face the sun and instantly you can shift and results can happen really quickly. And I read on your website, you said, you know, that sometimes your clients find that person real quickly. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer. I mean, for me, when I got busy, when I hit relationship rock bottom, which was the rock bottom of epic proportions, and I unplugged myself and got busy, it wasn't that long. Like, it seemed like it in the moment, but really, we're talking about a few weeks or maybe two or three months, really, which is a drop in the bucket, comparatively speaking. Like, this work can happen really, really quickly where there's a lot of willingness, but, I mean, how long do you think it could take? I've seen multiple versions. I've seen the, um, where it's taken, you know, like, a year, year and a half, because they still needed to kind of, because part of it sometimes, too, is I think, like, we don't have enough information, like, and so we still need to go through that dating phase um, to be able to date people and so that we can come to this place of I know what I want, but if Mm -hmm. we have kind of a small um, sample set to choose from, right, like, we might not have enough information. And so I've seen with some clients, like, it's taken a little while longer because they're doing this work on themselves and they're dating in a new way for the very first time and and need to kind of go through that experience. And then for some people, I, I did have one woman, like, literally three days after. Like, she got out of a marriage. She was single for a little bit. We talked. And then she met her person, like, three days later. Um, like, she was just like there but but i've had I've had both, and I think it's so unique to it and and I think we get hung up on the time a lot of times, like is this gonna happen overnight? you know, like I really need this to happen like quickly, and that just kind of feeds back into our scarcity thing of like because we think it's not gonna happen right. ultimately I think that's I, I don't know how many times I've heard I want to I want to meet the man I'm going to marry by the end of the year, and it's yep. like okay, well if if you're having a blast, if you're rocking being single, if you're enjoying every day, who cares if it's a year or two years from now? And even if you're not having a blast, if you're not having a blast, that may actually indicate that you're not really safe to be dating anyway, 
Like you'd be right. better off single and sorting this out where you're not hurting yourself and other people while you're while you're being single. That that scarcity mentality I think plays into dating in so many ways and it's never good. Like if you're running any thread of scarcity mentality, that's that's a no go. That's that's a no go. Yeah, and I do want to say, like, I have a lot of compassion for that place because I I know I remember what that's like to just feel like I have so much love to give. I just I want I want to be with someone. I want I want to feel like someone loves me and cares about me. And you know, like that that place is really tough. It's it's lonely. It's it's painful. It's hard. And I get it. And at the same time, like that place also is just going to create more of the same. Like, it really mm-hmm. is. It's sad, but it's true. It's going to create more of the same. Right. I agree. It's hard to see when you're in it, though. I mean, it really yeah, is. Yeah, no, it is. But, okay. Well, any final thoughts as we kind of wrap up today? Hmm. I mean, I think I know self-love gets thrown around a lot, and um, but it really, really, like I said, this last relationship I was in taught me so much about, like, you know, at the end of the day, that relationship we have with ourselves is the most important. I mean, we really, like, that's the one that's going to last forever. You know, that really is the, like, you're going to be with you until the day you die. And um, And so just, like, that powerful place of, taking responsibility for our happiness and our love and and saying, like, do I treat myself the way that I want others to treat me? Do I treat myself the way I, I feel I deserve to be treated? Like, that's just so, so, so important to fill ourselves up in that way and then become that mirror, that 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 light that's going to then attract the person that is going to mirror that. For us. I mean, I, I, we say it all the time, the universe can only treat you as well as you treat yourself. You're never going yeah. to attract a relationship with a partner that over time, I mean, maybe in the beginning, but over time, you're not going to be with somebody who treats you. You set the standard for that. I think that's such an important, important point. I interviewed Frank Butterfield this week. Are you familiar with his work? No, but I'm definitely curious about like listening to your other interviews. Yeah, you can go back and listen to that one. He talked a lot about, he channels, and he talked a lot about how there's only one relationship. I mean, there's the relationship that you have with you, and everything else is about how you experience your relationship with yourself. So yeah. I couldn't couldn't agree more. So tell us again really quickly how people can find you and get in touch with you. Um, so I am at natalithecoach.com. Um, that's the best way to read Articles I've written, videos I post. Um, also, um, if you join the mailing list, I have a free e-guide and workbook around ways we unknowingly sabotage um, attracting the person of our dreams and, and how to work through that. Um, and I do offer complimentary coaching sessions as well for anyone that's curious about working together or just wants to get love done. Like I really do do this work because I love it <laughs> um, and want to see like believing in love again is just my mission because um, I see so many people like not believing in love and just kind of breaks my heart. So that's the best way to, 
to kind of just be in touch with me. Um, I am on Facebook and Instagram not as much. I'm actually not as much of a social media person, but um, email is awesome. I'm excellent at email. So nataliethecoach at gmail.com and promise I will write you back. So there was some, we were worried about our times for this particular call, and I'm so happy you and I finally connected in person and Blog Talk supported that our conversation would happen flawlessly today. So thank you I so know. much for being here and sharing thank all your Thank you, wisdom. Lisa. Yes, Have a great day, so and thank you for listening, everyone. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, Lisa. What if nothing had to change for you to love the body you have right now? Everyone says you need to love yourself, but if you don't know how, self-love feels like a sugary sentiment that doesn't really mean anything. Body Love Boot Camp will teach you the mechanics of self-love. You will learn to treat yourself and your body like you are worthy of love, not later, but now. Loving your body now doesn't mean you've given up on change. It means you're treating your body with the kind of respect that change is made from. So, if you're ready to get off that diet roller coaster thrill ride once and for all, check out Body Love Boot Camp today. www.bodylovebootcamp.com The body of your dreams just might be the one you have today www.bodylovebootcamp.com Thanks for listening to Love, Life, Life and Law of Attraction. Tune in next week to learn more about how to find the love of your life and love a life you